Hey, everybody. This is Mandy, and I enjoy taking off my bra as soon as I get home. <laughs> Hi, everyone. This is Ollie, and in the words of Tyra Banks, the vagina is a self-cleaning oven. And this is the Mandy and Ollie podcast. You search for guys with the most things. Daddy ran away, left your mama with the keys to the Mustang. Yeah, keys to the Mustang. Hey, Mandy. How are you doing on this fine day? I'm good, Ollie. I'm tired, though. I've been tired all week to the point where I'm, yeah, like, it's just, I don't know. It's, It's because I did a thing. This weekend. Do you want to oh, tell and by about a thing, a I did multiple weekend. things. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not like uh, something to hide. It was just like I actually went out and had events and plans that I had to attend because usually I'm very much a homebody who just be at home. And a lot of the things that I did were like events that I had planned by myself. So it was really interesting. To just kind of interact with that weird feeling when you're like in social settings by yourself, are you comfortable with that? I'm pretty comfortable, especially because there's so many things that I could do. Like, you have multiple devices, people are usually on their phone, but I could be like on my tablet too. And then, yes, I'm just like never bored, or I can like whip out a piece of paper and start drawing or writing or something. So I'm like, I can keep myself pretty entertained. Nice, nice. Can you tell us about one of the things that you did? Well, one of the things I'm going to kind of talk about later in a different segment, but um, my uncle came to town. My uncle from, that's from out of town. Jamaica? Um, I don't wanna... Oh, no. <laughs> all of <Okay>. my <laughs> all of my immediate uncles live immediate? Is that the right word? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah they live in uh, America right now. So, or for most of my life, they've lived in America, so, yeah. Did he come to visit you specifically or visit, like, the whole family, or did he stop by your place, or what did he do? He didn't come to visit any of us. He was just in town, (laughs) so I saw him (laughs) when he had a little window of time. That's like me and my aunt capacity. They're like, oh, Ollie's in town, but I'm not planning on necessarily visiting specific people. I'm there for a reason, so it's a good thing you got Mm -hmm. to see him. yeah. It was nice. I haven't been over a year. I hadn't even thought about it because usually um, this is, usually I see this family like around the holidays every year, but we didn't go down to see them last year. So I hadn't seen them in a while or like the rest of that family. I hadn't even realized that. Yeah. Yeah, it was nice. And then the rest of my family that is here, they didn't get to see him either. Like it was just me. So I don't oh. think there's probably ever been a time where we've just had like a one-on-one reaction, you know, mm-hmm. or interaction. And other family rather. members around. Oh yeah, for sure. Okay, so how was that? Like being older and I guess adult. Like what you said, you saw him last year, so or a year ago. So it's not like it's been forever. Yeah, no. I mean, it was still different because even though he knows I'm technically an adult, like as well as his kids that are around my age, I think this would be the first time that I had a lot of things going on that we talked about where he fully understood that I'm an adult and in the process of, like, making some real decisions for myself and putting certain things in place for myself. So it was an interesting conversation that we had back and forth about things that I'm doing and and where I would like my life to be. Nice. Nice to hear that. Nice, interesting. It still was, you know, interacting with family. You know what I mean? And not to say that it was bad, but when you interact with your family, they just always have these viewpoints that could be, A, different from yours, especially when they come from a different generation. And then they always have an image of how they see you. So anytime you break the mold of that, it's going to be interesting. So it was like that. But it was still very chill. He's very respectful, but said his opinions on stuff. And I was just like, all right, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, family members can be uh, very interesting when it comes to giving their opinion on your choices or advice. So 
it sounds like you got out out unscathed. So <laughs> I guess that's why I'm like, that's good. That's nice because mm. I can recall some conversations with my family members where they don't always see me as an, as an adult or see me the way I see myself. So those conversations can be a little more difficult to have. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. So by that regard, I have not done much on my goals because I have so much other stuff that I've been doing and focused on. I think that's understandable, and I would have to join in with you. I sound like a broken record to the listeners, I'm sure. <laughs> However, I, too, have not <laughs> done much when it came when it comes to writing down my goals, or I have this nice, fancy calendar now, and it's just looking nice and fancy and unused. Even though I said I would use it, I have not been doing so. So I don't know what needs to kick me in the behind to jumpstart myself again. But I need to find that, whatever it is. Mm, yeah. Well, since we don't really have much to talk about on goals, would you like to head right on over to This Is A Safe Space? Yes. <laughs> I would like to head into the safe space because there is a looming uh, subject on my mind that I would like to discuss. Okay, you go first then. Okay. So... As Mandy said, this is a safe space for our listeners. As you know, this is where we come to talk about things that might bother us or might be taboo, just in general conversation, or maybe just something we just want to share with you all. And sometimes I have, I believe, significant this is a safe space topics. Other times I'm like, ah, sometimes, maybe, sometimes, no. Today is very significant for me because I'm going to discuss something that really, really frightens me. And it hasn't frightened me in a very, very long time because it, it it didn't seem like it was plausible to occur. However, with our current regime or leadership in regards mm. to politics, this issue is at the forefront of my mind again, and that's the subject of nuclear warfare. Nuclear warfare has in the past been something that literally frightened me to the point of anxiety, like reading about it, um, looking at old videos of places getting bombed, places getting attacked, like nuclear warfare has, it used to like frighten me to the point where I was shaking. This is when I was younger. As I got older, I mellowed out a bit, but it was still like in the back of my mind. And then I'd say maybe as an adult over the last six, seven years, it hasn't really even really cross my mind that much unless I read about certain conflicts in other countries. However, I, it's starting to bother me again in regards to this country, in regards to how we are seen as a nation, as a whole, as having one representative who is butting heads with a lot of people and not necessarily putting everyone first, but like, you know, put how much how am I trying to say this? I feel like as a as a country, the US is not really focused on a community in regards to, like, building with other countries right now, helping other countries right now. It's, it seems very America first, and I feel like that's rubbing certain people the wrong way. And I also feel like we're putting our noses in other people's conflicts where it doesn't necessarily belong, like when we talked about or when I discussed um, clean up your own backyard before you tell someone else to, like, pull their weeds or trim their hedges and whatnot. And I just I just feel this unease and unrest that I felt when I was really, really young. It's starting to, like, bubble up in me again, and it's not coming out of nowhere. It's like I'm reading headlines, I'm clicking through some articles, and I'm looking at our actions as a country or how people see us as a country, and it's just really making me nervous as if, like, nuclear warfare could happen on U.S. soil in our time, like, while we're here, before we, like, you know, kick the bucket so <sighs> that's my this is a safe space edition and it's i'm just i'm just at a point of unease right now is it something you want to kind of have a discussion about because oh sure in yeah, having that unease that. i mean <laughs> i don't even know if that have a specific thing to add um just thinking about it like you said the the ideas of like putting those things in my head it it would give me anxiety as well to think about being in a war torn situation 
I just go back to thinking about like when September 11th happened and how there was so much unrest and confusion where everyone was just like, we don't know what's going to come next. Right. Real people have lost their lives. Like airplanes had to be grounded because you there was a, a feeling of like you don't know where this is being planned for in the next stage. And then when it was followed up with war, it again gave that feeling of, is the war going to come to home? And I feel like that's the last time that there was ever, I mean, it's not the last time that there was deaths on American soil that were in a great impact because unfortunately it happens a lot um, within our own nation. But the reality of just like, war there are a lot of people in our you know in our military or just people who have been immigrants that have been in war time situations and have made it through to the other side and a lot of Americans don't know that reality so to to be a part of that would be very frightening but also I don't even know that we would have like a realistic expectation of of how to prepare or what to do because in a lot of ways, we've been fortunate not to be in in those circumstances. Right. But there are people who who live in America that do remember that now. So it would just be, like, really mindful, like you said, to kind of, this, in theory, we would hope that, you know, our government would maintain their international affairs in a way that we wouldn't be worried about going to war with people. But nuclear war definitely would not be fun. <laughs> it no. would be... Really jacked up. Yeah. yeah. I, I, that's, I mean, that sounds like I'm belittling it, but it's like I, no. I don't even know the words to find for it. Right. So I, I have plenty of words. Like I said, I've been thinking about this for a very <laughs> long time. I don't think you sound like you're belittling, belittling it at all. If anything, I do find comfort in knowing, like, at this point, I have a lot of military friends literally surrounding me. So... Whenever I bring it up, they they don't give me ease in the sense of, oh, yeah, that's not going to happen, but they give me ease in the sense of, okay, well, this is what you need to do to be prepared, Ollie. Like, this is what you need to have. This is where you need to go. If something happens, you need to have all this fueled up here. You need to have an exit route to go this way. Since you live here, you need to go west on this highway. You need, like, it's And that's what I mean. Like, I feel like military people and people who now live in America that have been in a war situation, they probably have a good idea of how to react, but most people that live in America don't. And and I feel like there are some people that, that you know, like maybe have guns in their home that are like, oh, I can face a situation or I'm prepared. And it's like, this isn't a regular gun situation with like an intruder or just right. a one-on-one situation. This is war. <laughs> it's not that simple. Um no, you're correct. I, I even brought that up before, too. I'm like, okay, well, if I have weapons in the house, can I just board this up? Just And they're like, no, you do not want to stay stagnant, even if you have weapons in the house, because people are going to be going door to door. It's not like a movie or a television. This is your escape plan. This is what you need to do. So, again, I found comfort in that, but I find discomfort in knowing that I even have to have that as an option. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't have any of those people in my life. So well, I, I think it's just help. one of those things. It's gonna be me, God, and prayer. We're gonna no. pray to th- pray through this. And Lord, if as soon as I say there's gonna be a war, me, you gonna get right. So that if I die, I'm gonna go to CP with my Jesus. Can we segue a little bit? Does, do you think that would work? Because because is it genuine when people are like, oh, things are getting crazy. Let me get right. Or do you think for I the people that believe in God that He's semi genuine? I don't think it's gonna. I I do think it's semi semi genuine to be like the world is at chaos. Where I need to seek the thing that brings me peace or that will will bring me refuge, and that would be God. Like I don't know that I'm gonna die immediately, but I'm gonna seek the Lord to help me through this time. It doesn't feel completely genuine to me, but God knows we're selfish. That right. I'm just like he knows. He knows what he made. He's tolerated so much. I don't think he's going to be beyond measure to be like, she only praying because they said they was going to bomb. She's real trifling. I think that's exactly how this version, some versions of God are. They're like, God is 
for lack of a better word and for more modern terms, petty. He's wrathful. He's vengeful. He's very jealous. So I can see I've never heard like, them oh, say so God gonna, is wrathful. Gonna, I've heard them say be, God is jealous. Really? Yes. You've never heard God is being having wrath? Are you kidding me? God has done things in a very powerful and aggressive way, but I don't think he does out of wrath. We're getting on a completely different subject. We not. I mean, this is the same space, but I don't know if we should talk about God on this, but we got to prepare. Just, saying, we got to have a God a episode. Of, I'm just telling you, like right now, Romans, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness, and mm-hmm. by their unrighteousness to suppress the truth. Riches do not profit in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. Wrath you better is know your word. Like, there's a lot of wrath. Girl, I'm on Google. I'm just, because I know I've seen oh, it. Oh, like, well, I was about to say. See, I wasn't sitting here. For, I was like, I'm, I'm a, again, <laughs> I, we're going to need to do this on another day so I can prepare. But you already right. just tapped into Google. <laughs> I'm not... I'm not in the the mindset to start Googling right now, but I I just don't think that his first instinct for Raz is going to be like, she's praying, I'm going to punish her with death. No, that's not, you know, that's not what I mean, though. It's like, no, if but... God has been giving you signs throughout your life or you think, like, even for an inkling, maybe I should go to church, maybe I should donate, maybe I should lose, maybe I should But pray. that's part like, of nah, it, nah, nah. where it's like... And then on your deathbed, you decide to do it. I think God would be like, okay, well, where were you this 150 million loving other times? And But now you're about I to die. I don't know that it's... It, right? my specific deathbed, but that is a thing where it's like people do all kinds of nonsense for so long, right. and then one day it clicks for them, and they become right. the pastor of a church or the minister of, <laughs> of, um, of, um, the the, <laughs> no, <laughs> not him. the people that go out and, um, to countries and, I'm really, I really can't think. I, I can't do a guy episode today, but maybe that should be That's our fine. next podcast. That's fine. I'm not saying we have to. I'm just, I'm just saying I don't know. For those who believe in God, if they also believe that you can do whatever you want to do, live this worldly life, and then at the end decide, you know what, I'm ready. Because I don't think that's fair to the people who, you know, got the message the first time and were like, you know what, oh, but I'm going to listen to follow that. Relationship with God is very individual. It's not about what's fair to other people. Like definitely right. not. And then it's individual, not just about like living as one person lives. No, I do. I understand what you're saying, but it it's it's one of those things where it does not seem fair to measure up people. Like the um the parable where it was like the rich man gave a certain amount and the other person gave like two things of what they had. Like, we can't do a lot of comparing between one person's relationship with God with another person's relationship with God because the circumstances and the way that God speaks to them and moves to them are always going to be different. And right, but I'm not the, the main thing is that we get the same word. I mean, you get the same word, but you're, the way that you respond to it is always going to be different too. It is, it is in your relationship with God because it's when you choose to receive him how you choose to interact with him, how you choose to serve him. It's all going to be different for different people. And that's one of those things for me where when I was going to the church, I didn't like that they would try to make it singular for every person where they're like, you got to lift your hands up like this and you got to kneel down and pray like this. And I'm just like, why does it have to be that one singular way? Like, Especially if that's not what is comfortable or natural for me you're basically trying to say, like, that's the way that I have to do it in order to receive him. That's not originally what we were talking about and definitely not what you were talking about because you were talking about, you know, just praying to him because you know that the world is ending. But I do feel like in some regards there are going to be people that that have that shift and he will receive them if they're still genuine in that choice to say like, okay, Lord, I understand now because a part of it could be understanding. Like someone can tell you over and over again, the same thing, but until you receive that understanding, you may not do anything different. So once you receive that understanding, like, oh, everything that you've been saying is real and I do want to serve you for now, as long as I can before the world ends, God could be like, all right, I'll take you. I'll take you into my kingdom. And that could be it. And for some people, he could be like, 
you're not being genuine, and you're going to have to to reap the repercussions. But I'm not, you know, a thousand percent sure about exactly how it works, but that's my interpretation. Hello? I'm here. (laughs) I just don't think you understood what I was saying, so I don't really know what else to say to try to convey my... I understand it. I just don't agree. But you're disagreeing with something that I'm not saying, so that's why I'm just like, there's really no point in me adding anything else. I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're disagreeing with, but you're disagreeing with something I'm not trying to convey. Okay. Okie dokie. So... That was a tangent from our nuclear warfare talk. Did you have any additions to the This is a Safe Space segment? I do. I started watching this show on HBO called Euphoria. And Uh in the show, I watch a lot of teen shows. I am a child of the 90s where I feel like it was the rise of the teen shows and in particular teen dramas. And so teen shows have been, like, a large part of the type of television that I like to watch. My favorite shows have been, like, Boy Meets World and Skins. And Euphoria, yeah, Euphoria reminds me a lot of Skins, um, except it romanticizes a lot of things even less than Skins did. And in particular, um, the relationship that people and teens have with drugs. So in Euphoria, Zendaya's character, she's the main character, kind of also the narrator of the show, is a drug addict. And in the first episode, um, in the first couple of minutes, they talk about how all of her life she's felt different and separate from anxiety and the only way that she knew how to escape or feel anything good in her life was through drugs, and that ultimately she ended up overdosing. So she was coming out of rehab in that first episode, but because that was, again, like the main positive thing fueling her existence, she immediately went straight back to drugs. And... It was interesting for me because I watch a lot of shows, like I said, these teen shows, and in some ways it's like they don't, I mean, generally they're not trying to condone drug use. Skins might have been the only teen show where they didn't seem like they were really saying, no, drugs are bad, but they're also like, I guess, giving the observation that teens and young people are going to do drugs. But then with euphoria, it goes straight into the impact of an addict. So it just really made me think about, in my life, people I know, their real-life relationship with drugs. Because I don't do drugs um, pretty much. Like, I I drink. That's about it. Do you consider alcohol a drug? (laughs) I definitely consider alcohol a drug. Almost anything that you can kind of be really addicted to and it can cause um, distortion in your reaction to things, I feel like is a drug. Um, In the case of, like, what a lot of people do now, like how they say they get addicted to prescription drugs, I just feel like the whole thing is a conversation. So it's not just like, oh, well, these things are illegal and you... And one person can't have it because it's illegal. It's like, no, it's the reality of all of the things that people can have access to and what is the real response to it. Like, is it a bad thing every time? Is it a bad thing because of the option of addiction to it? So like how people were talking about the opioid crisis because opioids are naturally addictive. But is the concept of having a thing that, brings you joy or peace or or a gateway or a separation when you need it? Is it like a terrible notion to experience those drugs or is it a terrible notion because A, some drugs are illegal or B, the option of addiction is like what's so, so terrible? Because I've never seen it done in this way as I see on Euphoria where it's just like, 
the major extremes. And then you see, it's like, usually you watch someone, they do a little drugs, the worst possible thing happens, kind of like an after-school special, and then they come over on the next side and they're like, whew, I'm so glad I made it. I'll never do drugs again. <laughs> that's not what this show is. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not what this show is. Or they're like, oh, yeah, I did drugs when I was young, but that was just a thing I did as a teenager, and, you know, now I'm an adult, and I don't really do that anymore. This show is like, no, this is a real thing, a real problem that this girl has in terms of her substance abuse, but at the same time, the culture around her with being a young person and everyone's just like, yeah, let's kind of try this. And even though the people around her know that she's an addict, maybe because they're still in that young phase of their life or or like her drug dealer seems like a really nice person, a really cool dude, but he's doing it because he's trying to improve his circumstance in his life. It's just one of those things where it's like, could we have a real conversation about drugs and not just being drugs bad, like drugs as they really affect real people? Because this is the first time I've seen it on the show where I'm like, it feels like a full conversation. I mean, there's a lot of other things that happen in the show, but that's one of the things that definitely uh, hits home, particularly because it affects the main character. So are you posing a question to me in the audience, or are you just describing how you like the way that the drug scene and the situations are portrayed from all yeah. of the show? I'm posing it as a question because, um, again, as someone who is a novice for the most part when it comes to drugs, with the exception of alcohol, but that's just, like I said, like a legal drug, a socially acceptable drug. But for people that have prescription drug addictions or illegal drug addictions or not even addictions, like they just are interacting with these drugs. They're just experiencing it as they feel like it. Like, well, let's have a real conversation about are they really bad? Are they really terrible? Or is it just the addictive quality that makes it a concern? Hmm. I <laughs> So when I think about the legalities of certain um, rules and <laughs> regulations, to me it all goes back to money. Like why do we need licenses? It's not just so that people that don't know how to drive won't be on the road because there are people that don't know how to drive on the road all the time, but it's so that the government can get money. Why do we pay taxes? So the government can get money. Why do we pay rent and housing and so all this other good stuff? It's a, it's a money game for me in my head. So in my head, it's like if, so if I can compare like certain narcotics, addictive narcotics that are illegal to now how certain strains of weed and, uh, THC and C- CBD, I believe, oil are legal now. I believe it's a money game. If they can find a way to monetize addictive, I have air quotes going on, addictive narcotics and put it out in the mainstream and not just have it as a prescription, I think that the government would do so. So I personally don't think it's only solely that, oh, you can get addicted to this, so we're going to make it illegal to have it, because if that's the case, like you said, we wouldn't be able to get prescriptions for certain drugs. So I believe it's a money grab game, and I also don't believe that the government cares what I do in my day-to-day life, um, if they can get paid off of it. If they can get paid off of my pain, my torture, my agony, my happiness, anything like that, I feel like they will try to find a way to monetize it. So also in saying that, do I believe that cocaine has the same addictive properties as weed or marijuana? No. Do I believe that crack and opiates have the same addictive uh, ingredients as marijuana? No, I don't. However, I don't believe that the government is looking in my best interest. Like, you know, Ollie shouldn't have cocaine because she'll become addicted. But you know what? Since we can now tax 15% on weed, she can have that. So I, <laughs> I, I honestly, like I've said before, if people want to do what they want to do and it's not harming anyone else, then that's 
your choice to do it if you want to experiment in certain things. I've honestly never had hard drugs. Uh, I'd say the hardest thing I had before was marijuana. Have I thought about it? Yes. We had a, I don't know if you remember her, we had a friend travel abroad, like to a country where hard drugs were just the norm on any given afternoon. And when she came back and talked to us about it, it got me really intrigued because she seemed like she was in her right mind. She was in a good space. She told us about her experience, and everyone's experience will be different. But it made me think, okay, well, maybe drug A, B, C, and D aren't so bad if in this country, you know, everyone's popping them like it's a an, an aspirin, and they're just having a grand old time relaxing or tripping or thinking or being more creative or maybe just going to sleep a little longer. So, it's crossed my mind, but I feel like I'm past that age where I'm ready to try, like, hard stuff. I'm Like, I'm, that's just not what I'm into right now. Right, which is why it's interesting to watch these teen shows because it does feel like it's been taught to us that, A, we don't want the teens to do it, but, B, if you're going to do it, be a teen because then you can grow out of it. <laughs> that's a good point. I I haven't thought of it like that, but that's a really good point. You can grow out of it. So do you feel like the time, even if you wanted to now, do you feel like, oh, the time has passed for me to be even eligible to try that? So no? I think as long as I don't have responsibilities to other people, sure, I could, but it's not really something I'm interested in. I think it it becomes an issue when it directly affects other people or you know, like if you're a kid and you're in your parents' house and they're worried about you, if you're an adult and you got kids, then they're worried about you. But if you're an adult and all you have to worry about is like your employer, they're going to replace you if you don't come up. If you miss a couple of days because you was off high or drunk or whatever, they're going to be like, all right, you're fired. And then that's you're only responsible for yourself. And then that just sucks for you. That's kind of how I think about it. But again, it's if it's, I guess, drug use in a way that is not addictive. Like, it makes me think about that song, Because I Got High. It was like, he just kept doing (laughs) a lot of irresponsible stuff, and then it was like, well, at the end of his, I was going to clean my room, but then I got high. So now his room is messy. Does it directly affect everybody else? Not really. Well, there was one line where he said he forgot to pay his child support, so that did affect someone else. Right. I mean, I, I, I think but that's why the song was so funny, because it was like as he got older and did more, it did affect other people. But then at the same time, the last line was like, I wrote the song because I got high. <laughs> so it's right. just like, all right, well, now it's a hit or it's at least, you know, well-known song. It's just one of those things where it's like, I guess. Circle. Yeah. How do you feel? Do you feel that? it is generally, I guess, generally okay for people to at least try and experiment with drugs? Or are you just like, no, don't do it, or I risk it, or are you somewhere on the fence? How do you feel I about never it? say for other people not to do it. Like, if people are doing it around me, I'm like, sure, have at it. That's that's your business. I'm never a, a shamer. Like, don't you dare especially because I'm an adult, I'm hanging out with adults. Like, if I was around a child, I'd be like, don't do it. But I also don't want underage people to have sex. I'm just like, I just feel like everybody should wait till they're an adult and hopefully have enough sense to choose, make their choices. But as adults, we don't always make our choices with the most sense. So Correct. I just that's just my thought process. I'm like, I'm hoping that you'll have a little bit more sense than you would as a, as a minor. Um. But for the most part, I just let adults do their thing. The main issue, again, is where it's going to affect something that either they want to do or that other people want to do. So if I'm out with someone and they're supposed to be the driver and then they just decide to pop a pill, I'm going to be mad annoyed because I'm like, now you're affecting my safety or my fun at this function because I feel like I can't be at my full experience because now I know that you're not as coherent as you would be or should be. Or in the case of like, people who are trying to get jobs and they don't like chill on smoking or doing drugs. And I'm like, but you know, you're going to have to do a drug drug test, drug test, right. But you won't stop taking drugs. (laughs) So I'm just like, (laughs) I'm like, right. I'm just like, I can't, 
have as much sympathy for you if you don't get the job if don't get the job because you knew what your circumstances were like just chill out so you can be employed but then again I know someone that's like now they're self-employed so they never have to really stop doing what they want to do and I'm like you're right like you're not going to drug test yourself right <laughs> have that's, at it see that's another reason why it's been kind of like what well, not it's not hard drugs but so so for the state that I live in marijuana is legal as a recreational drug now and I have no desire to do it to partake in it like I feel like that was a maybe in the past, but now I'm like, well, maybe I should. Maybe it will mellow me out. Maybe it will make me less anxious about this potential upcoming nuclear warfare that we have. <laughs> and at the same time, I'm like, well, I work for myself. No one's going to drug test me. But also, I don't have any strong desire to do it, you know? There's just not something, yeah, like, yeah, 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 do it, do it, do it, pushing at me. So I haven't, I haven't done it yet. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> this has been interesting. I'd love, yeah, I'd love to hear the audience's thoughts yeah. uh, on on drugs. <laughs> All the drugs. All the drugs. Right. I want y'all to be honest. Like, we're not going to tell your boss or whomever, so feel free to put those comments out there. We will not say who commented what. And hopefully, if you do like to do drugs, you're in an area where it's legal to do whatever drug it is that you want to do. Right, hopefully. Or maybe you have some getaway stories about hotboxing and running away from the mall cops or something. <laughs> or maybe you're just I feel like you're saying something drugs. you saw in the movie. Hotboxing no, and running away from mall cops. Me, this is not something I saw in the movie. This is something that a mutual friend of ours got involved in. <laughs> Um, so, or maybe you're adamantly against drugs and you feel like maybe our listeners need to know why drugs are bad or something like that and you want to tell us so we can pass it along. We are very interactive on all our social media platforms, so you can DM us, you can leave a comment or any of our posts, and you will definitely hear from either Mandy or Ollie. So that okay. sounds like it's it for This is a Safe Space. Yep, that's it, that's it, that's it. So what's next on your docket for today? I don't have anything for adulting. I'm not sure if you do. I kind of do. It's funny. I know our <laughs> you're very consistent when it comes to our segment titles, and I'm always just, like, doing a sandwich. So I'm like, this is a safe space. And then for the middle, I forget what it is, and then I put underappreciated <laughs> word at the end. <laughs> so my middle is always changing. Like, right now it says main topic, question mark. So <laughs> we should right. do it as a topic. It doesn't have to be adulting. <laughs> but it is similar to adulting. So this adulting topic basically – <laughs> has to deal with sore losers. So as someone who's in the couponing com uh, community as well as the reselling com uh, community, there are lots of times where there will be these flash sales or these deals that are just unbelievable, like too good to be true. So recently, a very, very popular shoe company had a too-good-to-be-true deal where all of their name brand shoes were about 90 to 95% off. So this company mm -hmm. had um, shoes and clothes 90 to 95% off, and usually in the couponing community at least, like, uh, people will say, hey, this is what's happening at this store. Go, 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 run, run, run. But lately we've been having <laughs> people – go to the companies and ask questions they have no business asking because they missed out on the deal. So for this past deal, I didn't tell my couponing people yet. I was like, you know what, I'm going to do what I've seen other people do. I'm going to put my orders in first, then I'll let everybody know. So as I was on my fourth order, I saw that it started coming up on the timeline. So I was like, okay, well, everyone knows. Well, I'm not going to say anything now. Everybody knows. Let me just keep putting my orders in. Um, <laughs> when I tried to put in my fifth order, one of the big couponers that I follow 
posted a screenshot that someone sent her where basically someone reached out to the company and was like, hey, do you know that all the prices on your shoes and your clothes are really, really low, like something's wrong? And so <laughs> she's having the conversation back and forth with the representative, and she's like, so are you saying that since this is an error that nobody's going to get their stuff? And the representative is like, yes, it was an error, so no, we won't be shipping these out. And her her name was Kathy, so they started calling her all these names. And Kathy, I hope you fall on a, a needle. They were just going in on her. And it just made me think that even as adults, people can be such sore losers. She was upset that she didn't get this deal in time. So instead of just waiting till the next deal came along or asking questions or sending your congratulations or just being quiet, she decided to bring it to the attention of the company. And I just think that that's beyond petty. I think it's gross, and it makes people – not want to share in deals. Like even me, I'm usually the person that's like, hey, everybody, go do this, go do this, go do this. But this time around, I said, you know what, let me put my orders in first, then let me tell people. And I couldn't even get around to doing that before Kathy decided to contact the company. So I would just implore people, if you want, I would implore listeners, if you want people to share in the good news with you, then (laughs) Keep your mouth shut. (laughs) Keep your mouth shut so people feel like you are someone they can confide in and trust in to share good news with. Rant done. (laughs) (laughs) That reminds me of um, something I'd heard on another podcast. I think it was the Single in the Loop podcast. But basically, um, yeah, they're based out of Texas, uh, Houston, Texas. But basically, one of the hosts was saying how this wasn't even like uh, a what some things called switch deal, glitch deal. Whatever. It wasn't a yeah, it wasn't a glitch deal. It was a person who sells like hair and wigs and stuff like that, and she specifically decided to do a sale where she was discounting wigs that she typically does, and she sold maybe. 20 or maybe it was 200, something like that. I know it's a very large range, but it was um, a certain amount of wigs at a discounted price from what she usually sells. And it was first come, first serve. And of course, there were a bunch of people that didn't get to make the order and then were in her comments talking about how it was a scam and they mad because they didn't get it and saying all these things. And it was like, why would you feel like you're automatically entitled to just get it? Right. Not, right. <laughs> even if you went to a store that had a regular sale, if they were out of stock, once they out of stock, yes. that's it. Yes. <laughs> so for <laughs> oh, you to yes. personally attack someone or attack a company or do something to harm other people because you didn't get what you wanted, it's it's childish, mm-hmm. but it's also like unrealistic to to behave that way. Nothing is ever going to always go your way. I guess they come from a school of if they do X, Y, and X and Y, then they're automatically going to get Z. But this isn't math. Like, there aren't any automatic formulas. It's just life. Sometimes things work out and sometimes they don't. Right. Yeah, I just think of those people as just petty and, yes. and sad. Yes. You hit the nail on the head also with that word entitled. As I said before, I have a couple of reselling avenues, and a lot of times I find stuff that's out of stock. And it's funny that you said that. I had I had this 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 apparel garment that was out of stock online from the website, and so the person and I, if it's out of stock or if it's hard to find, first of all. If you're selling it, you can sell whatever you want. You can sell your left shoe for $3 or $300. It's your left shoe, and it's your price point. (laughs) It's whatever you want to do with it. I knew that this item was popular, and I knew it was out of stock online, so I put it up for double, double what the actual price was. Yeah, supply and demand. Yes. And so the customer came to me and said, I'll I'll give you um, $22, which was (laughs) like less than half. And I was like, no. No, thank you. Um, this is out of stock on the website. It's hard to find, so I'm I'm firm on the price. And so then she was like, "Well, no, this same this it's not out of stock on the website. It's here." And I was like, "No, 
that's a different version. She's like, well, it's really similar. And I said, okay, well, then you can go to the website and you can go buy it from there. She was like, well, why would I pay you? And then just continue to try to have a conversation with me. Well, why would I pay you this amount and have to pay for shipping if I could just find it in the store? And this is one of those stores that's not organized. So it, when she said that, I laughed to myself. I was like, good luck. <laughs> Good luck finding this in the store, but I, I just I just repeat myself when I get those kind of customers. I said, okay, well, good luck. Go f- um, have fun finding it in the store. And she said something else that was really nasty, and I said, again, you're not obligated to buy, and I'm not obligated to sell it to you, so don't feel obligated to get it from me. And I kid you not, that same night, no, someone came in, no questions asked, didn't even like the item, just straight out bought it. And so whenever somebody buys it, the other people get a notification like this. This item's no longer available. So I just felt very content knowing that she received that message. <laughs> like, you wanted to do all this hullabaloo, but first of all, this isn't something that you need. It's a piece of clothing, and you can't force someone to give you something. If you miss out on a deal or a sale, and even more so on the nose, I had a sale the other day, too, on my dresses, and it was a one-day sale. And plenty of people have, like, sales that are compacted into two hours or maybe a couple of days, and I was like, I'm just going to have a one-day sale. This person added something to their cart. They came back maybe two days later and offered me the, my one-day sale price, and I was like, I'm sorry, I can't accept that. And they're like, well, you had it like that a couple of days ago. And I said, that's because it was a one-day sale. You're late. <laughs> so, no, <laughs> it's not available for that price anymore. But you're right. When people feel entitled to something or they want to argue argue you down because they miss out on something, and it's just really nasty behavior, if you ask me. <sighs> for sure. So, yeah, I just need floor losers to chill out. Like, go sit down somewhere. <laughs> go sit down, please. I mean, there's another avenue of sore losers, which is so funny to me, which is the people that play actual games. Like, I guess I sporting games. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> or it could just be like board games. But I'm the type of person where I get very competitive in the moment, yeah. but I'm also like, and I say it from the beginning, I was like, I have absolutely no stakes in this. I don't care what the outcome is. It's just fun and funny for me to get people really, really hype, and then in the end I could lose. I don't have a competitive nature, I guess, but it's interesting for other people to have a strong visceral reaction about a thing, like I understand that you're participating in it and so you care about the outcome, but at the same time, most of the time, if you're doing it for fun or entertainment, you should just enjoy that experience regardless of if you win or lose. So there's some people that I know that like the other day, someone I know had a, uh, I guess a bad attitude. I was like texting them and then later they were like, yeah, I had played basketball and I lost. So I was a little upset by that. And I was just like, okay, <laughs> thanks to me. It's not, I'm like, I'm not going to try and take away from that feeling that you had, but that, that would never be me. Like I would lose and I'd be like, all right, what are we doing after this? That was fun. I'm not that way. You said so when you were saying sports, I was on board with you, but then you said board games, I was like, mm. Oh yeah, well I already know that about you. <laughs> and I didn't think it was true for a long time until I believe we were trying to play some game with someone and someone was like, Is Ollie playing? And they were, I was like, Yes and they were like, Then I don't wanna play and I was like what do you mean? Why don't you just play? Because I don't want to play. And they're like, you take it too seriously. And I'm like, it's just Monopoly. And they were like, I'll sit this one out. And I did not appreciate that. Because who doesn't want to win? First of all, Monopoly isn't a short game. So if I'm if I'm playing Monopoly and we're sitting down for a good two hours, of course I want to win. But I'm not the person that's going to, like, flip over the table or anything. I am going to say, okay, well, the rules say this. You're not about to do anything crazy. I don't think people like that. When I pull out the rule book and I'm like, no, we can't do that because right here. I mean, as black people, if we don't establish the rules at the beginning, people do not like you bringing rules in in the middle. I just think that's how we are as a people. It's not that they're completely opposed to the rules. I was playing Uno the other day, and especially since Uno's been – on Twitter talking about this and that on the rules when we started playing everybody was like all right so how are we playing because ever since Uno started making up their own rules they've really messed up the the context of the game 
but we still had a lot of fun. And there were a lot of people that were like me where they were going to talk junk throughout. And then at the end of it, they're going to be like, all right, what are we doing after this? So, but I do remember I see, I don't that one. You can talk junk and stuff and whatever, but I, if I lose, then at the end of the game, you got to give me like five or ten minutes. Like, I need to calm down. <laughs> Again, I'm not flipping over tables. I'm not going to ignore your calls for the next three days. But don't get in my face saying, oh, I won, or look at all this money, or look at all my property, or Uno out, bitch. But, like, don't do that because then it's going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. Give me my five to ten, and then we'll be cool. <laughs> Oh, it's not like you need to say gifts or losers. <laughs> no, it's different. It's different. That's being petty. Like I'm not, I'm not writing Hasbro. Like dear Hasbro, you need to get yeah. on Twitter and make it clear That's true. that That's true. <laughs> it's a little different. I'm just like, give me my five to ten minutes, then I'll get back in the groove of things. I'll drink with y'all. I'll talk with y'all. But. <laughs> But I remember, like, I feel like the person that I think you were talking about that said they didn't want to play the game with you. People have said that about me, too. And I was just like, why don't you want to play with me? Like, they're like, you take games real seriously. And I'm like, I promise you I don't. You are the last person. You might pretend to take it seriously, but you're the last person who's going to need five to ten minutes. You're the last person. (laughs) I'm like, I don't don't care how this ends. (laughs) Exactly. And listeners also, I believe the same person, I might have been getting, I might have gotten my story mixed up, but the same person didn't want Mandy and us Ollie, to play us taboo to play. together. Okay, yes. I think that's what it was. They didn't. Oh, this is, no, this is a different game. They didn't want us to play taboo together because they were like, "No, you guys know each other too well, or we're not going to win." And I'm like, "That's not true. You don't know that." And they're like, well, "I'm not." Nah, playing that with was facts. <laughs> <laughs> they were right. But even when we played against Wait, each other, was that was she was like, "Well, Ollie can say November, and Mandy will say umbrella, and that'll be the right answer." <laughs> I mean, I feel like most people (laughs) that are very close are like that with taboo. Right. But that's true. But it was just weird to even say that to us because, A, all of us were friends. And she also had people that she was close with in the room. So I'm like, they could be right. on your team. Nobody's right. keeping Y'all you from working with your friends. Y'all experiences that you know certain keywords that set each other off. So, yeah, it's not exactly. like we were, like, plotting against anyone. <laughs> so that was funny. Have we moved on to underappreciated awards? I think we are in the underappreciated award zone. We are here. Okay. So, do you have an underappreciated award recipient for today? I do. So, um, I said I I was going to talk about a thing partially that I did from this weekend, and that falls under now or this area with the underappreciated awards. So one of the things I did this weekend was I went to a book event. I have gotten into reading again, particularly when I came back from college. I used to read all the time as a kid, and I used to write a lot too. And when I went to college, it was like I only wanted to read the things that I had to do for class, and I was only writing if it was going to get me a grade. And once I came back from college and I was really in this, like, you know, an uncertain place, reading really helped me get back to myself and kind of find, like, a center and a, and a happy place, so to speak. So one of the readers that I got into, or just the genre of readers that I got into were indie writers, which is basically, like, independent writers, people that don't go through a publisher to release their stories. And that's a big thing for me right now in terms of my reading. That's the avenue that I kind of went with when I first got back into writing. I was reading this one author. Her name is Scotty M. Famous or Shakira Scott, um, actually to be clear, and she's based out of England. She's not the main person I want to highlight, but she was the person that got me back into reading. And then I've been reading a lot of romance novels from indie writers, so that was the book event that I went to this weekend, and I got to meet a lot of the authors that I've been reading, and they were just, like, so nice, so sweet, so down-to-earth. Got to have real conversations with them, like, laugh with them, told them about, 
you know, just like having conversations about the characters or just whatever. It was just so fun and interactive. And the main person that I want to highlight as an independent writer is someone that I know personally who is telling stories um, with people of color in a genre that we don't really get to be a part of, which is like fantasy, science fiction type things. So the author's name is Jay Moon, and I went to college with him, so that's why I'm like, go ahead, write your stuff. (laughs) (laughs) He has quite a few books that are out, and he just released his second book in a series that he's working on. So one of the first book in the series is... um, called The Book of the Anointed, and the series is called Saga of the Sons. I don't remember what the second book is called in the series but because he just released it, but I know that he released it. He also has a book called Conjure, which is like kind of a romance novel too, but it's like a romance novel with some black witches. So it's like, okay, go ahead. And he's just, you know, really out there telling those creative, interesting stories that we don't always get to interact with, but he's, again, doing it independently because there has been a resurgence of, I think, black authors that are really good and really cool, but everyone doesn't have the opportunity to just have a major major publisher. So really supporting people that are working independently, I feel like they need to have that acknowledgement. And so that's why my underappreciated work goes to indie writers. Nice. All indie writers or this J Moon specifically? Oh, J Moon. Like the letter J. But yeah, I wanted to highlight him specifically. But all indie writers. Nice. I'm trying to send a little bit more people his way. You know okay. what I'm saying? Hopefully we can um do you have any of his is he like at J Moon on Instagram or do you want to put that in the description for the podcast? I can totally put it in the description. And the link to the paperback version of one of his books. I think I'll do that as well. Nice, nice. Which you can buy on Amazon. Hey, look at you. Plug. Okay, this is not a sponsor. Hey, 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 it's not. (laughs) We're not getting no money. But I just, you know, support your people. Support your own. Like, connect with each other. Podcasts are free, so it's not like I could be like, what? I'm getting paid $100, and I'm talking about his thing for free. I ain't getting paid to do this anyway, so I might as well shout him out. <laughs> okay. Well, just for future references, though, we we will eventually, I'm sure, get ads right. we're open. and get some we're great posts. So don't feel, like, don't feel like we're, oh, they don't get any. Okay. All right. Okay. You guys? We're open right. to sponsorship. <laughs> yes. We're fine with sponsorship. For the right sponsors. Um, right. I'm... I wouldn't say, what word am I looking for? Not impressed. I'm intrigued and happy that you're actually, like, reading, physically reading, because I can't tell you, actually, I can tell you the last book I read. Actually, I gave you a copy, I want to say, of one of the last books that I read. Um, oh, I the one about that prostitute? Bella Court, first of all. <laughs> first she was of a all, prostitute. That's not what it was about. That's not the story. No, first no, no, of all, no. you tried her. No. That's a thick book. And for you to condense her whole life into her being a prostitute is ridiculous. That's like saying, oh, is that's like saying Angel's, oh, Angel's life is her about her being a prostitute from Pose. Like, no, that's part of it. But that's not her whole Sounds life. Oh, like you've been watching by the, way, <laughs> yes, by the way, I didn't just watch it. I finished it. I finished the whole first season of Pose. And oh. I was very disappointed that I did not start sooner. That's one of the shows. So, you guys, the way I watch shows is I wait a couple of years to when they're done because I don't like it <laughs> when people <laughs> hype up a show or when it's all in my timeline and stuff. So I'm, I make a note of it. I'm like, you know what? I heard that was good. All right, in two, three years. So right now on that list, maybe The Handmaid's Tale in two to three years. What's another show that I um thought? I thought maybe Game of Thrones in five to six years if I'm bored. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Insecure was actually one of the ones I did start watching, but they've been on hiatus for a, a minute now. So 
We'll see. What's yeah, going it's on not here. gonna come back till next year. So wait, you start watching Insecure too? Because you know I've been waiting for you forever to watch Insecure. <laughs> I watched Insecure when I came to your town. Yes, when I was in your town, that's when I started it. Really? Did yeah, you finish all three seasons? No, I finished two seasons, I believe. Oh, uh, yeah. well, after the podcast, I- we got to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I finished the third season. So, yes, uh, what was I trying to say? I commend you for, uh, I applaud you, not just commend you for reading, like, physical books, and also shouting out these indie artists, because that's how it starts. It starts, like, with work on the ground, and sometimes people don't have the resources to go on NBC America, Good Day America, to promote their books. So it mm-hmm. starts with us. So I like that. Whoa, 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 whoa. I also have an underappreciated award. It's not to a specific person, but it's to all of the dog trainers out there. As a new puppy owner, because apparently dogs are puppies until they're one, and this dog that has decided to run over me has decided (laughs) is a handful, and I just want to send a shout-out to those who can self-train, those who have hired trainers, and those who are just – exhausted from having to run around with their little human companions. Um, My little human companion, actually, I've done a lot of self-training with him, so he knows sit, he knows stay, he knows shake, like paw, he knows when it's time to eat. I'll put a piece of food right in front of him. He won't touch it until I say go. So he's really good with that. However, lately there's been some regression where I'll tell him to sit, he'll sit, I'll get on my computer, next thing I know he has his chin on my knee and I'm like, what are you doing? You're supposed to be in your bed. So it's uh, the way that dogs age, a couple of people have been like, oh, he's like in his terrible twos and threes now. And I'm like, I don't know what this is, but I don't feel like my at-home training is enough right now. So we're actually, we have an appointment tomorrow to um, see if he can go to puppy boot camp. And puppy boot camp is not cheap, but um, from <laughs> what I read in the comments, they'll break him and then he'll start Aww. listening <laughs> to commands. The first time, so I'm very interested to see how this appointment will go tomorrow. So shout out to you puppy trainers that have way more patience than me right now. That sounds like Jenny Jones. You remember that show? When the kids would be bad, and then they would send them to boot camp? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The sergeants would come on stage, and then... I do remember that. I used to think that I was scary, but some of those kids were so disrespectful. I'm like, yeah, you need some structure in your life. Go to boot camp. (laughs) I mean, even though Maury still comes on to this day, so he's basically like that dude when it comes to random talk shows or trashy talk shows, maybe I should more so say. Jenny Jones used to be my girl. Like, that was the one that I really liked to watch. So, Did you put her in the same Jenny category Jones, as, like, you. Ricky Lake and Sally oh, Jesse for Raphael? sure. <laughs> for sure. I mean, again, Ricky Lake, as she said on The Mass Singer, has an Emmy, and I'm sure Sally Jesse Raphael does too. But Jenny Jones was funny. <laughs> she used to have Ruju. They did, like, the most interesting segments, like, my child is overweight, and it wouldn't be just, like, generally overweight. It would be, like, a four-year-old who is 112 pounds or something. No, more than that, (laughs) they had those four-year-olds that were, like, 300, 200 pounds, and it's like, you ask the parents, what are you doing? They're like, well, my child is hungry, so I feed them. And I'm like, there's something (laughs) wrong in your head if you think you're just supposed to keep feeding your child. They just look like a rolling And then you feed them the most unhealthy thing you can find. Yes. Yes. Oh, but they like Twinkies. They like moon pies. They only eat sugar, and as long as they're eating, that means at least they're eating. Girl, <laughs> if you don't sit your child in danger <laughs> down somewhere, <laughs> send these parents to boot camp, too. No. <laughs> so, yeah. How do you feel about animals, Mandy? <laughs> or dogs, specifically? I feel like I could have done this in one of my intros, but since you have me putting it out here for the world to hear, um, Mandy feels about dogs the way she feels about all animals, which is she loves them deeply from a distance. She wants the best for them, and that's why she does not interact with them. Mm, Deeply from a distance. 
Mm-hmm. That might be a new segment, Deeply from a Distance. I'm talking about all the things. Like, you can keep that over there? Yeah. Like, I love you from afar, and you can stay over that way. Deeply from a distance. Mm-hmm. I like that. Okay. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what this training will hold. And that's all I have for the Unappreciated Awards. All right. That's cool. So now I guess we can close out the podcast. We can close it out. We can close it out. Hey, Mandy, Mm -hmm. can you tell the listeners where they can find us? Of course. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at MNO Podcast. You can send us your questions, comments, and letters at mandyandollie at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to your podcast. And we appreciate all of those comments and ratings and subscriptions. Um, yes, all of every- them. Don't Even if you have something negative to say or constructive, don't be shy. Like, we would love to hear what you have to say. We'd be like, oh, you like octopus? Just, <laughs> <laughs> Just talk to us. <laughs> all right. It was good chatting with you all. Bye. And you take advantage of it every weekend, every weekend I heard some things, I heard some things But I can't complain, cause I stuck to you and I asked your name Yeah, I came with games